0: Welcome to Big Blend Radio with your hosts, Lisa and Nancy, editors of BigBlendMagazine.com.
1: Hey everyone, welcome to Big Blend Radio's first Friday Toasted the Arts and Park Show with the National Parks Arts Foundation. We've been doing this show for quite a few years and we love it. Uh, They do this amazing program where they host artists for a full month in an artist residency program within a national park or in lodgings at a national park or a park unit. Um, One of them famously being the Hawaii Volcanoes National Park. There's dry tortugas off in Florida in the Florida Keys on their own island. Like as an artist, you actually have to have someone go with you because you're off grid on Loggerhead Key for a month. I mean, there's sea turtles, there's ocean It's amazing. Hawaii volcanoes has been really, really popular because there's what's called the art house. But also, you get to see how the landscape changes. And every uh, artist, musician, writer, everyone that's been on our show over the years talks about Hawaii volcanoes as they are intrigued. They actually go back, they apply to go back because of the actual change of scenery, because of the lava. And what is, the, what is the land doing? What are the people about? Um, it's been really fascinating. So I encourage you to go to the website, nationalparksartsfoundation.org. And today we get to welcome back Tanya Ortega. She is the founder of the National Parks Arts Foundation. And also we have Elizabeth Fiend. She is the, uh, well, she's the CEO of for the Friends of the volcanoes national park hawaii volcanoes national park i'll get this straight um president and ceo so she was on our show we were trying to figure it back quite a few what's how many years ago elizabeth how long has it been since you were on the shows you said 2017
0: about eight eight years ago maybe seven years ago
1: wow wow that's amazing um yeah so this show has been going for quite a while then tanya welcome back
2: It's great to hear you guys. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Hey, this is so cool. Um, everyone. So national parks arts foundation.org is the website. And then for the friends of Hawaii volcanoes, national park, go to fhvnp.org. So, um, I just want to touch on base with you, Elizabeth, before we get into NPAF and how you guys all work together. Um, Tell us a little bit about why we have friends groups for national parks, because this is something I think a lot of us are park travelers, maybe go to a park for the first time, but we don't understand why we need to have now a friends association on top of
0: the park itself. Well, thank you again for, for having me on Lisa. This is, this is fun. Um, Having a friends group, a philanthropic partner to a national park is like having a next door neighbor that looks out for you, looks out for your Mm -hmm. house, looks out for, for your animals, looks out for you. And one of the things with national parks is they can't do it all by themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, governmental bodies have a finite amount of budget and, a lot of things need to be done in a national park and a friends group can come in and support things like artists in residence and youth programs and, and restoring trails and, and art and buildings. And we are more critical now uh, probably than ever uh, in this, this the climate we're in right now. It's super important to have a friends group um, to support the national parks. Mm-hmm. And there is a group of uh, the National Park Foundation is the official philanthropic partner to the National Park Service. Oh, okay. Yeah. And we are the official philanthropic partner to Hawaii Volcanoes National Park, along with uh, probably there's 250 very active friends groups um, that support national parks, along with many others that maybe we don't even know about.
1: Mm. And it's really important, you know, just in... We, we do a lot with Sequoia and Kings Canyon National Parks and Sequoia National Forest and the Giant Sequoia National Monument. Um, and uh, we've worked with the Sequoia Parks Conservancy and Sequoia's, uh, the Sequoia region has gone through literal hell over the last five years between wildfires and um, now recently flooding. Um, yet at the same time, the land itself is healing, right? But for humans and humans wanting to go to the park, it's hard. But through the fires which are not normal wildfires things like signs and the roads are melted the signs are you know crystal cave has been closed they thought they were going to open it then another fire and then this um but it was these friends groups that are the ones really you know while you know the governmental side is out there going okay we need to do this but it's actually taking the community and all these groups coming together to assess the damage but it seems like it lands on the friends groups like what you do when a negative thing happens to stand up and go okay well you need new signs and some and we've interviewed um retired park superintendents who have even talked about it at times where they had to re make their own signs way back when like in the 70s and 80s um because of funding and stuff like that um so is that kind of the thing that happens for you like if something Happens like you know, a volcano decides to say, Hey, I'm here. That you can help with those kind of projects.
0: Oh, most definitely. Uh, As you know, we had the huge 2018 eruption, we've had you know, the recent Mauna Loa eruption with the Kilauea eruption, government shutdowns. Um, our organization kept the park open when we had the I think it was a 31 day shutdown. Uh, fact check that I'm not sure exactly how many days. Uh, we we raise the money to keep the park open. Uh, same thing. We don't. Maybe we don't have a wildfire, but when you have a volcano that literally, and earthquakes that change the entire landscape, uh, flow over roads, <laughs> destroy different parts of the park. We have destruction and creation happening at the same time the park service needs help. And it's obviously not just the friends group. It is a community effort. But we specifically uh, are there for those type of events. We're going to do whatever we can to help keep the park whole and take care of all the Mm -hmm. beings within the park, the landscape itself, and the Mm -hmm. humans that inhabit the park as well. So it's Mm -hmm. it's a big job. And we've had we have not had uh, a non-natural disaster in a long time. I think we keep talking about we'd love to have maybe two years strung together where there wasn't a national, uh, a, uh, a natural disaster or government shutdown or COVID or whatever it may be. Uh, we're, we're at the ready. So yeah. we've learned how to just be a supportive partner and be flexible
1: oh flexibility is key to everything that's key to travel it's key it's key that is a key to life if you're not flexible you will break my friends you will break um the willow thing is true you've got to bend like the willow you've got to bend like the tree you've got to bend with the wind you cannot um be non-flexible it doesn't work Russia's work by being flexible and that leads me to tanya um with the national parks arts foundation i think you know, talking about supporting parks, I think MPAF does such a huge job in bringing artists into parks and park. And we'll talk about what, what the amazing things you do for artists. But um, one of the key things I think about artists going into parks, whether you work with everyone from writers and poets to textile artists to uh, painters, filmmakers, photographers, I mean, everything, right? Um, yes. It's about art, which is huge. But these artists get to see behind the scenes, right, which is an an unheard of thing unless you're in a special program like this. But they are able to bring these things to the public because not everyone. It's like we have wilderness areas when the Wilderness Act happened. That was important. We, you know, only a few people get to go out into the actual wilderness, wilderness area of national parks once they have a permit and only so many people because of the land. And the cultural exactly. places, too. In MPAF through the artists, you're able to do events, exhibitions, and their art transcends. And, and even just through one, I mean, you can never actually capture how much art goes out in the world, like how far it goes. That well, it doesn't have.
2: Art. It doesn't have a. It's not directed at any certain group of people. You can enjoy art and even understand it if you're a child, a toddler, uh, older. Any any groups can look at art and understand it. And what it is is a. It's another way. <clears throat> excuse me. It's a. It's another way to interpret it and to give the public. A, a way to interpret the park and the park resources. So it's you can't even count that. <laughs> I mean, you can't mm-hmm. even measure it. It's it's so huge.
0: So it's thank impactful. you for that
2: yeah. Well, that's what I think is so important about
1: MPAF the the programs and I know you also go beyond national parks, right? Um yes. and monuments and you will work with state parks even, but <clears throat> this is this benefit what about Tanya for people who never, who could be um, maybe, you know, on retirement age and in a different country and do not have the money to go to Hawaii, right? Or to Volcanoes National Park, right? They don't have the funds or the time left in life, but a piece of art or maybe a film or something that one of the artists have done, or, you know, you've even have character artists, um, which is something unusual that we, we don't want to lose that art form. Thank you for keeping that alive um, in what you do. I think there's something in that, too, that people that don't get to go to the park get to experience the park through the art. And in that way, too, the park has a gentler,
2: light, like a lighter foot on it in regards yes. to the amount of people. Yes. I mean, uh, that's that's really important. And you can be in. By the artwork it doesn't it doesn't matter where you are and and look at it and that is in fact why the national why the national park service was created because uh moran you know that i've Mm. i've told the story before painted Mm. small watercolors in in a notebook and was able to show it to congress and they got they could understand the importance of place um, because of that and so yes taking the parks out of the parks to show the public is important on a, on a few different levels and you mentioned that the artists and different people get to see the behind the scenes things of the park and that is uh, only a few people can do that because our artists meet with the park service are trained to be able to do that uh, for instance you know here a different different Lava tubes and different. We can't have a footprint on on different things, and then especially dry tortugas with the with the tortugas. You have to be trained to be able to see that. So the behind the scenes is is very important because even that, even if you can come to a park, you're able to come to a park, you can't understand that and artists are able to understand that and get trained by specialists how to tread lightly what not to touch all of those very important things um so even people who can come see you know hawaii volcanoes national park artists are able to bring the parts of the park to them that 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 they aren't don't necessarily have everyday access to oh
1: it's like us as travel writers we get to go places that you don't, you don't, we get to go in the back kitchen of a restaurant. And I'm sorry, to me, I want to be in the back kitchen more than the front. That's just me because they're <laughs> playing music and then we get to hear the real life, you know, of the restaurant. And and you can see what's clean and not, right? So you want, I want in the back of the kitchen. That's to, That's why I do what we do just for that.
2: Yeah, because, but also in that yeah. analogy, you're preserving the the health of the food. The people who are the specialists that know how to treat the food mm-hmm. and keep it clean and present it in a wonderful—they're all trained in the kitchen. The, you know, they're trained for that. So you have to be trained to go to the kitchen to be able to give the goodness to the public. So that's a pretty good analogy, actually. it, it is what it is to me. Like we we talk about this all the time. Like I could never be.
1: Normal, like I as a I just can't like I want in the kitchen. Like I cannot go to a restaurant without wanting to go in the kitchen. I can't, and I think that's the same for the artists and what you guys all do. And you know, it's to me, it it's it's this. um, We want to know more, and we want to bring it to the masses because if the masses go to those special places, it will get destroyed because we can't. The the these special tiny places or protected protected things cannot handle mass quantities of people. And I think that's what's so beautiful with that. And Elizabeth, what would you say on that in regards to that balance? I mean, that's why parks do have these special events too. So it's not like the public doesn't get to see everything all the time. There are special events and things and ranger programs, but wouldn't you say that this is this kind of balance that we need now in
0: protection for our parks? Oh, most definitely. In fact, in in 2013, we partnered with NPAF as a critical and important part of our mission. So we recognize that the Artists in Residence program touched uh, on a much deeper level. And and one of the things that we envision is that we give visitors a, a profound connection to this unique physical and spiritual beauty of the island of Hawaii. So for, for us, it was a no-brainer. Like, <laughs> NPAF, we, we, the minute we knew we could partner with them, we realized that this was something that we could share and be a part of. And I, I have to just say, personally, from from, you know, a feather worker to a painter to mm-hmm. a comedian to musicians to, it has been, not only is it exciting, but the ripple effect goes much deeper than just when that artist is there. And I know Tanya mentioned that it's there. We don't know how far reaching it is. It's continuous. So the world becomes much bigger yeah. when you have a program like this, that um, we consider it. We're 10 years strong now with NPAF and we consider it. A oh, that's awesome. Very critical part of our mission to include art, because um, that's a, that's something that, that we can all experience the park in many different ways without actually being here.
1: Well, going to Hawaii Volcanoes National Park, um, it's cultural and it's geological, it's natural. So it's got all of those facets that most national parks have, right? It, it's like that diverse collection of something that really needs to be protected and interpreted. And so I think the artists become this other hand of interpretation. But I also see this as something a little different than maybe Yosemite. Um, Yosemite, well no, you know, because we still have the indigenous people of is you know the area too and Chaco like, you know, Tanya, you you know that area, the back yeah. of your hand. But I think Hawaii, is different, and we have not been there yet, so I, I, I'm i only talking through all the interviews we've done over the years with NPAF travel writers and authors before, before too. Um, I, I know a couple of authors that very, you know, talk about the cultural history, um, and, you know, obviously, Hawaii is going through changes, too, and has been through a lot of changes, and um, so it, it's an interesting Time frame right now, and what I wanted to touch on is for us going to Hawaii, even though it's part of the American statehood right where it's part of the fifty states, that there's still like a section of us Americans off the mainland going there that need to kind of understand. The, this is more than a tropical drink with a little umbrella. Like, can we get past this? Can we kind of get past this kind of TV comedy? Like I love my, you know, comedy movies as you girls know, but um, it's a little bit more than that. And I think that's kind of the, where I'm going through with with both of your organizations is that you're bringing us back to you need to understand the real hawaii and and i'm not even pronouncing it correctly i know i'm sorry until i get there i know i'll i'll do it right but it it is understanding the landscape the nature having some respect for the culture having respect for all of it and and i think we need to kind of understand that a little bit beforehand and i think that's where the arts play the role and then when people get there they start to understand more so you want to take that first tanya about that kind of um Understanding that I think artists bring out before people even go, and even give that respect to for the people there now, you know the locals that the artists bring some pride. Very
2: important. Uh-huh. Does does that make sense? What I'm saying? It does. The, it makes sense in that um, kind of uh, an an accessibility. Ah, oh, good word. Yeah. The, so these volcanoes are very sacred to many people here, um, Hawaiians obviously very sacred. And what's interesting, and I I sort of have a conflict with it a little bit, is it is a lot of times sort of couched in this, oh we're inviting, you know, Hawaiians back to you know like people are inviting them back to these places that have always been theirs in a Mm. sacred way that most people don't understand. So it is, it is incredibly important to have that sense of place, you know, where, you know, where you're going. So the artists that, that come we ask various specialists to do kind of an introduction to them to where they come actually to make sure that Mm -hmm. they know that they're um and I hate to say treading on sacred land but there has to be uh, a form of of respect
1: Mm -hmm. and there's a respect yeah
2: and to 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 think about it in the way that has been, oh, we're inviting that, you know, it's not an invitation. It's already sacred and has been far Mm. far back in history that that we don't even know. So, um, yeah, it, it really touches my heart. You can probably hear my voice wavering to to think about those things but that's true about a lot of these places and it's it's not just true for first first peoples but but a lot of i mean for gettysburg for example oh yeah affected so so many people so you you have to have that understanding going in um mm-hmm. yeah i apologize if i'm getting a little uh, a little well i know because it, but, it really but, strikes me well <laughs> it's it's really i mean that's the thing when you go to these parks and you really
1: get involved in it and you do stories and it's, um, and I, and I think there are a lot of people, travelers, park travelers will go back and go back and go back to similar parks, get in, go down rabbit holes of history and nature and biodiversity and um, cultural diversity and all of these stories that these parks tell. And if we don't preserve them, then we lose these stories, right? We lose like one species of, you know, one butterfly can kill off this if we don't have the butterfly anymore or this plant will kill off that butterfly you know all of that web of life right and parks Mm -hmm. teach us that and we teach kids and and i think parks really have a thing with kids and i think the arts have a good way of reaching out to the youth more than anything quite frankly um but it's 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 interesting when you talk about like Chaco and you know gettysburg i think i texted you while we were in gettysburg because nancy and i lost it like it was so overwhelming in emotion yeah you and did we had to go to, we, we, yeah. we we were like that's it and it was during that like it was like the first weekend that people were allowed out of the pandemic lockdown and people were walking over graveside like we were like what the hell like what are you doing like this no we went we saw the Klingle house and we couldn't go knock on the door because someone was there but you know what I mean we were to say give me some peach pie and I know you have a ghost in there but um (laughs) we did go we went into the um and and everyone this is from past interviews with artists and residents there but we ended up in a in the picnic area watching these you know filming (laughs) woodpeckers because we just needed to breathe it was so heavy you know, those places, this history is so, so heavy. And I hope like people, when they go to places like this and I, and that's why we're preserving them. And even Thomas Moran was there, right? He, he did civil war art. Um, I didn't know that until a few days ago that he was a civil war artist too. He was a, like, we need to do a whole show on him at some point about what he has done. But the feeling of these places and, and, how connected they are like the ripple effect of genealogy when we were in gettysburg there were people calling people talking about their families that were related to people that fought in gettysburg so i we that was part of the other like historical feeling was oh my gosh people are connecting with their great grandparents over and grandparents over people that fought in Gettysburg and they could they were looking up their family history there and now and then i think of places like hawaii and how much it's gone through hawaii like all the different islands and 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 the history that it's gone through and then here it is hawaii volcanoes like it's it's a it's big and i haven't been there But I feel it, man. (laughs) I haven't even been there. But it's Tanya's fault that I feel all that because of all the artists (laughs) on shows with us. But Elizabeth, do you want to chime in on this? Because, because, you know, I'm just carrying on and on because I just feel like what Tanya feels. Like, I think that there is something really powerful with these parks about human history that we can't eradicate. We need to keep alive. But it's also nature and all of that.
0: Well, that's... the cultural component that is part of this—the the special sauce that makes a park—you know, the secret sauce—the the cultural component in—in—I I mm-hmm. kind of believe that all national parks are on indigenous lands. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's just a personal opinion, and I look at.
2: Instance, i think the hawaii whole volcanoes. country is right so
0: you know and all of our 400 and some odd national parks and monuments but you look at hawaii volcanoes and and in a sister park up the coast pu'u Ohonau oh now now national historical park and you you see the culture the art and the youth those combinations are super important so we look at at the artist in residence, along with our youth programs, and along with supporting the culture, that is just as important as protecting the, you know, rare and endangered plants and endangered species. So it, it is all part of the mix. And I think people come to Hawaii with maybe a Hollywood version of what—that's what I'm talking about—the little umbrella, yeah, that yeah, umbrella you, drink, right? Yeah, or, or you come with it, you know. it, it, it and I think probably the best way to arrive, at least to our island, is to be open-minded and respectful. Uh, pono, being respectful, doing, looking at doing the the right thing. And, and we don't know it, a visitor is not gonna know it, you know, automatically when they arrive on the island. But I think that through artists, through youth programs, through cultural programs, um, we can teach that and And yes, we're not inviting the Hawaiians back. The Hawaiians are here. Um, This is is their land, and we share it, and they share it. And um, I know that the the looking at it from all those lenses is really important. And so we're just we feel blessed to be here, and to hear Mm -hmm. someone like you say you've never been here, but you feel the mm-hmm. the spiritual significance or the cultural significance it's it's powerful. Uh, Pele is powerful. This you you realize that we're we're a place that's creating and destroying land at the same time.
1: Yeah, it's always changing.
0: That is an ever changing landscape with a a peoples that the, the people that are here um, are very dynamic too. And it's you can't come to Hawaii Island without spending some time here to really feel. So that's why people keep coming back. Um, your, your first visit, uh, you'll learn something. And, and by your 10th visit, you're like, wow, I didn't know that. I've been here 30 years and I learned something new all the time.
1: I think there's also an extra thing because your island's that people really realize. I mean, I know we do a lot with like the islands out in Washington state that it is like, you're such a smaller goldfish bowl versus the big goldfish bowl of mainland and the mainland that goldfish bowl tends to get cloudy, but people don't see it because they can dodge the cloud over here and ignore the cloud. You know what I mean? Whereas when you're in a smaller island, I mean, because we're all islands. I don't care. You, you know, North America is a big <laughs> island. Right. Exactly. Like when in, yeah. I mean, if you look at it all, we're all floating around on islands, you know, um, some just have a bigger island and then some parts break off at some and whatever. Then when you realize you only got this small piece of island, you better protect it.
0: And so well, no. that's
1: another thing, too.
0: Uh, our our island, uh, Hawaii Island, and our park specifically, the Hawaii Volcanoes National Park, is almost the size of the entire island of Oahu. So we are a significantly large island with a small population. So you have a, a landmass that's that's large with I, I don't know hundred thousand year round residents. So, you figure if we're having two million visitors a year come, wow, um that's a significant amount of people that don't live here and and we want to share it in the in the best way we can, culturally artistically uh, in, in every way we can. so yeah, we're in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, so we're <laughs> floating, we're floating as is everybody else i I like that you use that, yeah North America is an island um. We we are we are no more unique than any other island in that we care for a lot of things, culture, land, youth, elders, you name it.
1: I think it's the same as being in a small town. You kind of know each other and, and you when things get too big, you lose track. And that's the thing. Right. And. Um, I mean, you see it with giant corporations, they lose track of stuff all the time. And we don't even have someone to call anymore. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, <laughs> hey, you're off, you're off on that island, I don't care. You know, it, it's like, that's kind of it. And I think when you're on an island, everything is is very up close and, and
2: real. Um, well, the, um, <clears throat> excuse me, the Friends of Hawaii Volcanoes uh, National Park, is the entity that is able to bridge a lot of that Uh, Mm. i want to say all of it for the parks and other friends groups do this too at uh, other national parks but the opportunity that we have to work with the friends group and therefore the public working with the friends group to bridge all of those things is just incredible at 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 doing that and and bringing it to the people we we can't say enough about it because if we didn't have that bridge that connection there would be far less understanding uh for the sacredness of the parks and Mm. uh, everything from these artist programs to endemic species to everything they do for the parks this is what the friends group does and you know it's it's just incredible it's all that they do for the public it, i i can't even start i mean elizabeth how many different programs do you have in the going in the park like over 200 i don't even know oh, yeah. it is amazing
0: we do. I mean, you, just if you named a few, it would be, you know, Volunteer Restoration, all of our Guardians of the Trail Youth Program, Youth Rangers, Hawaiian Cultural Festival, the Bioblitz, Artists in Residence, After Dark in the Park, Ikehana no Iao, Naleumanu. We, but the, the beauty of that is we don't do it on our own. We We work with partners, like NPAF. I mean, here we have a mutual admiration society going on here because it's we- a good, th- but, but this <laughs> is, that's important, but that just shows people
1: how to work together. Right. And that's how things, big things happen. It's not by doing it on your own. Nothing moves on your yeah. own.
0: Period. Absolutely not. And if you do it from the community base and go from bottom up, mm. amazing things happen. Mm. And, and I think we have that opportunity in any community you are in. If you have an opportunity to work with the people in that community, and yeah. then you're able to share it out yeah. to others, we can't go anywhere but up. Uh, we win. This is this mm-hmm. is something that's that's so special. And and I, I get a little teary when we get to this place of this is <laughs> this means the world to me.
1: What what would you each say that people should know about Hawaii Volcanoes National Park? I mean, this is something I, and before you answer that, I have one question that I wanted to go back to with Tanya. Yes. You, you talked about the fact of this ever changing presence of nature destroying and then creating right all the time, which it does. Actually, if you watch any animal species or I mean, it does. That is it, right? That is nature does this. But it's doing it on this different level for humans to take in like, holy crap, look at that. You know, <laughs> this stuff is going down. It's, it's scary, um, you know, but it's beautiful at the same time. Um, so there's this part of art and I, I want to go back to both of you on, on you know, something people should understand about the park, but Tony, I want to go to you about artists and that creating, destroying and creating like Jimi Hendrix set his guitar on fire, right? And that was his manager prompted him to do it. But then it became this thing and and people do this. Um, there's temporary art, public art exhibits all the time. I think one of the first ones I saw was in Santa Fe with a giant polar bear um, in Santa Fe Railroad Park well rail yard park I think it is uh-huh, the rail yard. Um, and uh, they had this this guy made this huge polar bear and of course it's not gonna it was about climate change so it was temporary and that of course makes perfect sense but artists create and I was reading about this and we were doing it th- you know Ted DeGrazia the artist right and how he burned his mm-hmm. art to evade taxes and stuff which is one thing but You still burned your art and artists do this. There's like so many stories of artists destroying their art, which is kind of like nature in a weird way. What What do you think about that? Do you think that kind of connects with some of the artists that come and do the residency of that kind of fascination of creating life and then destroying it and then creating it again is the same thing that artists go through, too?
2: Well, I would hope so because then that means that the artists are being um, critical to themselves so um in a good way. I don't mean like uh you mm-hmm. know this is horrible, I'm gonna destroy it, but they're able to look to uh, both a deeper meaning inside themselves and how it relates to their surroundings. So again, a sense of place and when we were talking about being flexible, that is one of, one of the things that I would hope that, uh, you know, it's ever changing. We're only here for a certain amount of time in our lives. So is the art and the earth does the same thing, but if you're really interested in this subject and how, um, uh, specifically volcanoes affect people and sort of this inner dialogue that artists have with, with themselves while they're in a place and being, um, you know, uh, being touched or influenced by this with volcanoes, Werner Herzog made a great film called Into the Inferno. Um, and so, with with his films, and and I'm I'm kind of passing the buck a little bit and saying, hey, watch this film. But um, it speaks to not just artists, but but just the public and how that affects. The internal change that we have when we're looking at the resources of a park that might have something like a volcano. So um, yes, I believe in that, and I would hope that people would recognize that about the place that they're in and internally, because it's 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 especially here at Hawaii Volcanoes National Park, part of what you have to think about. It's part of the beauty, but it's the destructive beauty um and then mm. that goes into the legacy of the um of pele here mm. so uh, that's that's very interesting yes uh, i will touch on person, that
1: please but tell, I can tell, talk about this for those, forever. <laughs> for those who have not been there and don't know who pele is please share the legacy one of you tell uh, tell people because we've touched on it but for those who are listening that have no clue which I didn't know until I, I read, actually, I think it was Linda Ballou wrote about it in her book, uh, one of the travel writers, and she wrote about this and, and it became this, wow, what a story. Um, yeah. Um, can either, Tanya, do you want to just share that legacy a little bit for people or do you want to um, do well, Elizabeth?
2: I'm definitely not a specialist on on Pele or anybody else, but um Pele is a goddess that travels throughout the islands and appearing to people as a young woman or an old woman. Sometimes uh, she has a white dog with her. Um, so she makes her home at Hale Mau Mau Crater. Am I pronouncing that right, Elizabeth?
0: It can be either Hale Mau or Hale Mau Mau. There's different ways to say it, depending. So you so didn't Pele do it thanks. wrong.
2: Yeah, please excuse how <laughs> I pronounce the uh, pronounce things. I'm not a linguist by any means. Um so her full her full name, she's also known as Pele Hanumea, uh which interpreted is uh she who shapes the land. So she's the goddess of fire and continues to be part of the history and the legacy of of the island. There's there's just so much um Elizabeth
0: do you want to I, 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 and again I am certainly not an expert in in olelo and the the Hawaiian language but um you know Kelly is renowned for being passionate and fiery and and she's one of six daughters and seven sons you know mm-hmm. born to I, I think it's Haumea I never say it right and Kane, you know so she's she, there's a lot of amazing stories about pele I, I think i'm going to just touch back lisa to what you 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 said mm-hmm. or what you asked upon arrival i would say if you land on our island you arrive you need to breathe listen observe obviously respect and there are painful things about what happens around here as well. So I just think, again, yes. breathe, mm. listen, observe, breathe, listen, observe, and you will find that you will end up doing the right thing if you breathe, listen, and observe. Oh, that's that's pure advice for any traveler, right? That's right. beautiful, Elizabeth. That that's is perfect. That
1: is cool. perfect. I, I think that is... Because I think sometimes we just jump to a conclusion so fast. And let me just say jump to opinion instead of conclusion. It's just jump to opinion. Seems to be a national hobby. Um, (laughs) Really, the breathing part, that comes back to art. The arts are what help us breathe. Nature is what helps us breathe and stop. And I think that's the beauty of what the two of you have done with both of your nonprofits and working together. You're also showing that um, is important and supporting a park. Um, So I'm going to go to both of you, Elizabeth. let's, Let's go to Hawaii Volcanoes National Park. What is something people should know about that park that you think is so special that they should know about?
0: That's a loaded question. There's, there's. I know. Just things. like pick one,
1: <laughs> pick one bird. Here's a berry. I don't know. You know what I mean? I, and it, I, that sounds so flippant. I, I, and I, I don't well, mean it that I'll way.
0: Because on our logo, we have the eevee bird, um, and we have the lehua blossom with the ohia tree, and it, very significant to me. When you walk in and and you stop and you listen and you breathe and you observe, there are birds. And remember that Hawaii Volcanoes National Park is in a rainforest.
1: Mm.
0: And so be prepared for 11 microclimates. Holy cow. That's I think, a lot. And, and again, I, I think we have 11 out of the 13 on our island. Um, is that wow. correct, Tanya? That's a yes. lot. Yes. Yes. Right. So from, from mountain to ocean, from Maoka to Makai, right. We've got the park actually goes from, you know, the top of Mauna Loa to, to the ocean, to, to the sea arch at the, at the, at the from, from up to down, from down to up. So everything in between. So I think just be prepared for this, International Biosphere, this World Heritage Site, it mm. is. It's not something you can do in four hours.
1: Yeah, don't do don't do the drive-through. Like if <laughs> you're gonna go do to, it in four
0: hours, <laughs> yeah, don't
1: do the drive-through. And it's a dark sky park, right? Too, so that's another huge thing. Obviously. Yes, it is. We were, I, I don't know, was was it Jim Schlatt that was on the show last time talking about this, a uh, photographer, and we were talking about like look up and. Like we forget, like we always like look where you're walking, look down in case of a snake or something. And and hiking and parks. Tanya knows about snakes. She says get boots, and her <laughs> boots and Chaco. When I learned about what she meant about boots, she meant real boots. I mean, <laughs> real snake boots. Like she wants you to wade. You know. Okay. Um. Yeah. When next time I go to the swamp, I'm I'm going with you on that one. Um but it's it's look up and then we really forget about our parks at night. I mean that's to me light. I mean when we lived in Africa, man, Kenya, we'd go out on night drives and you would see so much more than what you would see during the day because it was hunting time. And yeah. you would see bugs, you would see I mean everybody's up. I mean we used to do experiments in our hallway when we lived in Kenya. Nancy would sit there and turn off we'd go in our rooms and we'd leave the hall light on and she would close the door and like, here's the hall light on. And we'd get up at three in the morning for the hall light inspection. And I swear to God, we had every bug in the planet, walking, praying mantis, walking stick things, scorpions, everything. But then we also had a bunch of snakes in the house too, but we won't talk about that. But like, honest to God, like we forget about what happens at night and parks that um, have special programs at times or, allow you to actually see the stars can you see the stars compared to la i bet you can
0: oh i, I was just wow. going to share quickly i had japanese exchange students uh with through my son's school and they come from tokyo and you can't see the stars in tokyo you you don't go outside and look up and see the stars in hawaii volcanoes it's open 24 hours a day seven Oh days wow week. really So the park is open all the time. Of course, when there's an eruption, pretty spectacular at night. But when there isn't an eruption, pretty spectacular at night. Mm. Not all
1: parks are open at night, by the way. I just want to let people know because we learned the hard way. Painted Forest National Park is one of them that are (laughs) not. You may find yourself camping outside the gate at night, looking up at the stars and seeing a full moon, though. It was cool. It was a cool night. (laughs) It just wasn't open. And you should look at the park websites before you go to the park. I'm just going to say that. Um, But it it is interesting talking with both of you because it always does seem like Hawaii is like this foreign planet to the mainland, yet it's not. Once people go, it's like part of America, right? Um, Oh, we'll just fly from New York. We'll fly from LA. No big deal. But... It's interesting because it is like a foreign place in in a way, right? Wouldn't you say, Tanya? It is
2: like a different country. Yes, I, I, exactly. And, and speaking of um, nighttime at national parks or whatever parks, the Friends of Hawaii Volcanoes National Park sponsor and support the after dark in the park program here so see look elizabeth she's doing your job for you <laughs> it's amazing it is amazing how much how how this uh, affects visitors but i have to to answer your question about what i feel like people should know or how they should think or whatever when they come and i i think a way to a appreciate what is around you starts off with being grateful um i know that that sounds a a little strange like oh you must be grateful for this but I feel like, and this is what happened to me when I first came. And this is ashamedly, I was like, oh, okay, I want this and this. It was all about what I already felt, the ideas I had of the park, the ideas I had of Hawaii. Mm. And I shouldn't have even stepped foot in Hawaii thinking like that. I wasn't looking around me being here and thinking, wow, I really need to be grateful to the legacy of this land to just everything that is surrounding me um so that's that's my answer it's a little bit pushy but i think in oh being i think you're grateful, dead on in being grateful yeah. we actually uh, sort of get more of an appreciation it's a it's a place to start understanding and it's i it's very hard for me to be grateful i you know i dismiss things all of the time um but when, when you hit that point to just look around and be grateful for what, what is surrounding you instead of bringing your own ideas into something, it, it opens up such a wonderful part of the legacy of Hawaii Volcanoes National Park.
1: Mm. I think that's just good life advice. And I think, it's, I think this is what national parks bring back to people. We get boxed up in our lives,
2: our crazy lives. Yeah, and, we get boxed up in what we think things should be. And we're just a right. tiny little person. Right. <laughs> and
1: when you, go, when you go to a park, it, I always talk about humility. And it is. A park will make you feel humble. And, and it, it, I'm not trying to make you feel smaller, whatever people say these days. I don't know. It just is about realizing that we are one little teeny piece of this giant web. But we're also an important piece of that giant web. And so at the beginning, like when I see someone see a sequoia tree, like, God, whenever you drive into Sequoia National Park, here comes a person that slams on the brake when they see a giant sequoia tree. And we're like, oh, come on. You've seen one? No. Then like our park ranger friend, Dana, she goes, Nancy, Lisa, it's called, they're in awe. And we had to learn park ranger etiquette. We've been taught. We've been taught. Um, and I want to say park rangers are probably the most gracious people you'll ever meet on the planet who I don't know how they handle the amount of public people that they do, but they do. Um it it is amazing what they do. And when you when you go to a park though, there are just things that you do the jaw drop. They stop you in your tracks. And I think we need that jolt as a society. And it has to be balanced out. That's where the arts come in. That's where programs like what you're doing, Elizabeth, uh with the friends of, of Volcanoes, uh Hawaii Volcanoes National Park. I think these programs that are smaller, intimate, are more important than someone just doing the crater
0: rim drive, right? Uh, it, it, oh, most definitely. And again, like these are our national parks, right? They belong to all of us. And what an opportunity. I'm in awe every time I walk into uh, my office is in the park. And Tanya, I I didn't even realize. (laughs) You're in the park. That's like, I'm jealous. (laughs) (laughs) But I think of that word grateful that that Tanya used. Um, How can we not be grateful? Look at Mm. what we are given as a society in, in the United States of America. That we have all of these public lands that mm. we're allowed to go visit, uh, and again, I'm in awe every time I walk into. I have lots of parks that are my favorites, <laughs> but <laughs> I am still in awe when I walk into one. You know, of Half Dome in Yosemite or the Grand sure. Tetons or wherever I happen to go. Again, I, I, I sound like a broken record, but that breathe, listen, and observe. It's
1: I I think that's going to become my new mantra. Like honestly, breathe, listen, observe. That is a very I think all tourist people should embrace that.
0: Well, <laughs> I mean, I that as a joke.
1: That's just a joke. That's a personal inside joke. But no, honestly, no. Um, I think that's really important because it it is also. Um, as we all travel to national parks, uh, breathe, listen, observe is really important because we're also overrunning parks. So there's this balance. And that's why I think these external programs that friends groups do. And I think the arts are really integral because they bring people to parks that can't go or maybe shouldn't go on top of everybody else. Like we're getting reservation systems now to go into certain parks. So I think both of your nonprofits, what you do, brings this balance that the earth needs. The earth needs it. The people going to the park need it. Because why do you want to go to a park that's overrun? That's not, you're you're not going to de-stress. You're not going to calm down if you have to wait in line for two hours to get into a park. And I've done it um, stupidly. And I learned. And. But even, once you're in the park, you can find ways around, but we do need to find this balance. And I think it's through organizations and I think it's through external programs, like what you're doing, like, hey, maybe you have this kind of cleanup at the park. That's a way to get into the park and see a park from a different perspective and actually be part of the park. If you're helping to clean up a trail or clean up trash or whatever it is, it's a different way where you actually doing something. And when you actually do something, you start to understand a park better. I think part of why the artist program is so huge for artists is there is a responsibility. And without responsibility, you tend to not take responsibility. And I think the artists that go through this program, they all change. They're just about every single artist that goes in. They have their idea of what they want to do. They propose that. And by the time they get there and a few days in, it's already changing. NPAF allows that. The National Parks Arts Foundation understands art. They allow artists to change and morph. But they're taking responsibility of what they can do or maybe change as an artist as well. Artists have come out of there with a whole different art form, you know, which is really cool. But you all, always see some kind of respecting change for them coming out.
2: Yes, um, it's incredible, uh, it, especially once you you know once if you're an artist and you're coming once you get to a place it it, it it's so inspiring <clears throat> that you end up you end up having all of these ideas of other projects that you want to do and I'm actually right now trying to think of an artist of the you know hundreds of artists that we've had in the right. last you know. 12 years or whatever it is and these artists we we catch up with them we keep talking to them throughout the years most of them are friends now you know and and I'm trying to think of a single artist that isn't still inspired and working with what they were influenced by at hawaii volcanoes National No, they're, they're
1: they're still they're they're still doing stuff i mean yeah
2: it's like it doesn't stop it's like a, a mm-hmm. project you know in a, a lot of in different uh, professions and even artists they say okay i'm going to um comics even I make mean, yeah. comic <laughs> stories seriously <laughs> Musicians going
1: underwater and listening to hermit crabs and recording them. You've got <laughs> night
2: sky people. I mean, come on! Like the- it doesn't mm-hmm. end. The inspiration will probably not end in their lifetime. And the beauty of that is they're able to create things that then inspire other people. And it's all about the park. And you know, and I think I've mentioned this before. Even with environmental things, uh, we've had. Uh, many parks many artists at different parks bring up uh in their art because they arrived they had a proposal and then they realized what is happening at the park yeah. like the environment like the um oil at, at chaco um and, and oh the artists had a big influence in that and that's not happening now now they're not drilling because our artists it reached so many people that that was able there they did that's have a hand in stopping stopping that yeah so. they
1: wanted to frack the out uh, the external side and i think yeah. artists have a huge reach and that's the other thing that's why i was saying it's such a such a good balance of what parks can have through organizations and i just want people to support you guys in what you do and tanya um NPAF, what's coming up next? In regards, do you
2: have programs
1: open for people? Yes. Or we, have, is, ooh. We,
2: we do. We have our 2024 opportunities. So we we time them. We're pretty timely, and we need to look at you know the National Park Service schedule. And so we're going to have another Hawaii Volcanoes National Park opportunity. Coming up at the beginning of May, and I believe that that will be for June of twenty twenty four
1: Wow, so you have to work in advance, and that's yeah, and that gives people time right and what's interesting to me is people get to stay for a month in a house you allow like their sibling or their spouse to come with them right am i am I stepping on the wrong to- absolutely toes? we've
2: we've been able to it's make rare. It- this is rare yeah it's it's rare but it's important and we're very lucky that we're able to to invite as many you know people have families and and if you know if they if they have that in their life then then they too are invited or you know groups of people sometimes artists work in groups and so they're able to apply as that also so and then sometimes a- you give a stipend. Hello. Yes. Yes, And I think all of our parks now, all of our parks have, have stipends and we're really, really lucky. We might not be able to do that at some of our new parks and we have a long list of new parks. So anybody out Ooh. there who has a suggestion or works within the National Park Service, um, get a hold of us. We have an incredibly, and I hate to say this, an incredibly long wait list but we're able to do needs based evaluations and see who you know which which park and which people which communities around the park um need need our services so it's it's um the parks need to apply to our programs uh for us uh, with them so i
1: think it's awesome you have a step and you have the art house and um That's important. You have a recording studio in the art house for musicians. I'm just saying. And listen, (laughs) people need to use that for when they do their podcasts with us so they can sound better than us.
2: (laughs) It's
1: it's awesome. It's awesome what you have. Um, Elizabeth and you guys um, at the Friends for Hawaii Volcanoes National Park support MPAF with these programs. What is your main goal for that? supporting them.
0: Well, we intend uh, we will support every artist in residence that comes through and we support them, you know, financially when we can uh with with in-kind donations as well. And, and I think that for for Tanya's call to to the National Park Service, uh my call is to other friends groups to partner with mm. the National Park and Arts Foundation because it takes a village to raise an artist. Mm. And I, I think we have an opportunity um, in, in Hawaii. We, we, we say the word kuleana, our responsibility. Um, we have a responsibility. And I think that um, we, we want to continue supporting uh, this program indefinitely. I mean, it, it should be something that, that I would love to see other parks friends groups do the same thing. And again, and we will continue to do that. We have lots of upcoming uh things happening. You know, our our biggest one right now, of course, is is youth programs all start. Mm. And um we we want to expose our youth programs and our youth to the artists and residents. And what a great opportunity when there's an artist in residence for us to bring a youth program in
2: to be able to see that
0: artist. And um I I hope to see more of that. That is our kuleana, our responsibility. And um, we, again, we're just, we're grateful.
1: I love that. I love that you're bringing the youth in. And that is so important because you never know what that one artist could, you know, change a child's life to become an artist. You never know what that one moment is. And I think that's something we forget about. And you talk about gratitude and gratefulness and, breathing and slowing down, right? thinking that every little moment is a little moment that can change everything. And that's what national parks are about when we go in. Put the phone it down.
2: Absolutely, it absolutely is and we um an artist that is an artist emeritus Rick San Nicolas, his mm-hmm. work that was inspired by the park. So he has a a, a heritage, a legacy uh um he's hawaiian and he every so he was just accepted into the u.s department of interior museum collection Mm. which is a a huge very important yeah and every time he comes even if uh, at the time he's not an artist in residence when he he started here when he first came he made such great connections with so many um community places that even if he's here Um, on I don't know vacation he doesn't really vacation but uh, he's working all the time but he he teaches youth how to how to um, make the feather lays in the traditional style that they were made so he's teaching youth and these are also teenagers for their graduation to make a traditional legacy heritage based um, wow. And something. So it's, it's incredible. And he, t- he teaches all the time. So even, e- even when these artists aren't artists in residence, they're still helping with. So when you brought up youth, I just thought I'd, I'd throw that in because that also, that also doesn't end and and they're volunteering. It's wonderful.
1: I, well, I just love the connection with the artists too. Like Andy Jerima and Stan Honda getting together and doing uh oh, yeah. you know communal projects and stuff i'm like dude what happened yay this is awesome like that's the other thing it's like um an mpaf family has happened from yes. what i can tell too you know T-
0: absolutely tanya and lisa can i just to just put a little plug in there rick san nicholas was the first artist in residence that the friends of Hawaii volcanoes national park supported Yes. so really that oh, wow. was our inaugural artist for us that oh, wow, we we supported. So we obviously have a little bias, a little special place in our heart, <laughs> um, for Mr. San Nicholas. And um it, it's really amazing to see how far this program has reached and and so yes yeah thank you national park you guys rock Foundation. i should say you ladies rock i keep going like dude y'all you know? <laughs> but i, we I, could I will never have, stop saying dude <laughs>
2: we could not have had rick san nicholas or really any artist in the park without the friends of hawaii volcanoes national park See? so this wouldn't have happened with without you guys for the public so it keeps going. It, it never, it doesn't ever seem to end. Deep, is but that is amazing. I mean, that is about
1: community connection. It's about integrity to the land, to the art. It's integrity to the people too. Right. And that's the important thing. Like I was saying, you don't get anywhere in life on your own. You can, but you're going to be bitter. <laughs> it's going to be bitter and crabby. But you can't, you have to do it together. And I think that's this beauty. Um, And I think nonprofits, you know, the world has changed over the last 10, 15 years, right? And um, we've also changed generationally. And nonprofits are so important to support right now. So um, I've got to give everyone your websites again, because, hey, it is FHVNP.org for the Friends of Hawaii Volcanoes National Park. So FHVNP.org. Did I get that right, Elizabeth? Making sure. You,
0: you sure did. Thank you.
1: You never know. Mahalo, Nui. Oh, oh, listen, I'm coming to you for lessons. When we come to Hawaii, <laughs> we're just going to go right to Elizabeth's house first. Okay. Or I want to meet you at the art house. I don't know. There's coffee, but, you know, maybe there's... I don't need the umbrella thing. But you know, we need we need language lessons. Obviously, you're the person to go to. So oh, I want to go there first. I'm cause... definitely
0: not the language expert. But I, I live about a mile from the art house. So um, Oh, cool. It, it's That's uh, cool. I, I love getting to see the art house full of artists.
1: Oh, my gosh. I know. And Tanya, did you really put a dance floor in
2: there? Or was that
1: did that happen, or you were doing it, or something? That I know you not, were.
2: That has not happened yet. We we do have um, a, a a deck, but it is not um, it's not good for ballet shoes. Um, so we need to look into how we're going to get the perfect wood flooring for wow. the dance performance artists. I mean, yes, there's there's places to practice and dance and that kind of thing. And there's a community area too in that neighborhood. Um, but um, it's not perfect. So we haven't done it.
0: <laughs>
2: Yet. Yet. Yes.
0: Exactly. That house
1: is always changing up and moving on. So everyone, nationalparksartsfoundation.org is a website. We're here every first Friday and uh, the National Parks Arts Foundation has a new channel through acast.com so you can check that out as well keep up with us at bigblendradio.com thank you both ladies for all that you do for hawaii for artists for the land the people you guys rock even though you're ladies you You
2: guys rock. thank you for having me Thank
0: thank you thank you thank you for having us so so much thank you lisa